Nice. Whoop Jack State. 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 All right, everybody, welcome back to the Troy Boys podcast. Uh, unfortunately, coming live to you after another loss, uh, I think I can start us off on the right note by saying that when I die, I hope that every member of this coaching staff will serve as pallbearers at my funeral so that they can let me down just one more time. Joining me tonight is the Birdman. Bird, how you doing tonight? What's going on, man? I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to have you. Not so happy with the game we're going to discuss, uh, but happy that you're here, happy to uh, be among the Troy boys. And we welcome back from his trip to that loaded harbor over in L.A., the chairman of the board, Seabass. How you doing, Seabass? Well, it's great, great to be back here with you guys. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a, we're going to have a disappointing conversation today. Um, but, uh, you know, we got some positive things to talk about, and hopefully we can find something to – to look forward to for the last couple games this season. For sure. Um, so let's let's get started. Obviously, Troy drops the game, a homecoming game to Louisiana Lafayette, 35 to 21. Um, you know, I feel like a broken record here, boys. Uh, a pretty close game, a pretty competitive game uh, in the first half, uh, and then uh, just an absolute shellacking uh, come the second half. Um, as far as strengths, um, you know, I thought we saw a lot of younger wide receivers uh, come out and start to make plays. Um, it wasn't just Tez Johnson. Uh, as you go back and actually look at the numbers, uh, Jabri Barber uh, had a fairly big day. Uh, Stoudemire um, had a fairly big day. Um, so so a lot of guys were out there trying to make plays, trying to keep us in it. Seabass, um, what were some strengths you saw in the game? I think that, you know, and I've, I've been dogging us for a while about it on the late down efficiencies, and I feel like we had a pretty decent game um, this past week on late down efficiencies. We were 8 for 19 on third down, which is not stellar. That's 42%, and statistically throughout the season, that's about where we're at on late down efficiencies is 42%. But we went 5 for 5 on fourth down efficiencies, and that's something to commend us on. You know, that, that, that's that is an impressive feat for any team to go five for five on fourth down efficiencies, which put us 13 for 24 on the late down efficiencies, which is 40, 44, I'm sorry, 54 and a half percent, which is nice. You know, that that's something that I, I can feel comfortable about. You know, if we find ourselves in laid down efficiencies, let's flip a coin. You know, that's our odds now of getting it or we're going to punt it off. Um, so I, I feel like that that's a good thing for us. Secondly, we outperformed La La offensively. You know, we, we uh, had a total of 391 total offensive yards, and La La only had 370. Um, and shout out to our offense with the two-point conversion in the fourth quarter to keep us in the game. That was the first two-point conversion all season for the Trojans, and that's fantastic. And then my last strength that I found, the second quarter we held ULL to three three-and-outs before halftime. And I feel like that really did keep us in a position to where we could strike in the back half of the game. Absolutely. Birdman, uh, what did you see watching the game? Uh, what were some of the strengths you saw on the field? Seabass came in here with the stats, and he came in here with everything that you needed to know, so I really don't have much to talk about now. But uh, Chip Lindsey just proved himself why we need to get rid of him, so that's a strength right there on their side. But other than that, man, uh, like you said, we, we saw a lot of young names uh, on the offensive side getting some, getting some shout-outs on the statistics, so that's – that's a bright thing for the future um, as far as uh, what we had to look forward to next season. It's good to see that we're going to have some guys hopefully coming back 
and hopefully building a better and stronger team next year. Let me step in here before uh, Bird wordsmiths himself into an elected office in Montgomery with that response. Uh, Seabass, did uh, did you? Uh, what kind of weaknesses <laughs> did you see on the field? Well, you know, uh, it, you you said it best. You know, the the front half was really really nice, and then you look on the other side, and it. There were some problems, and I think the most obvious problem, you know, the elephant in the room we're going to talk about, might as well bring it up myself. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. And I said it three times because there were three of them. The last three drives of the game ended in turnovers. Gunner's interception to Gardner, uh, Marcus Rogers' fumble after his reception, and then Gunner's fumble on the sack. The last three drives of the game – we were trying to seal the deal. We had the two-point conversion. We had them right where we wanted them. And we just let it go. Right there, the last three drives of our game ended in turnovers. Second, time of possession. We held the ball for 28 minutes. That's Troy's average. We talked about it two weeks ago, Joe. Our time of possession is a problem. Eight of our 12 drives were less than two minutes. And all eight of those 12 drives ended in either a punt or a turnover. The other four drives that were more than two minutes all resulted in points. So I think it's safe to say that if we take some time and don't go out there and NASCAR this, we have time to allow our players to think, be effective, respond, communicate, understand what's going on defensively, and then act, as opposed to running out there and getting out of there in less than a minute. You know, there were a couple drives we had that were 40, 50 seconds. Um, and that, that's a problem. And our rushing game, look, I, I know we had some issues this year with rushing. We had some people out. It, it is what it is. We only had 41 yards of rushing, and that's something that Lala took advantage of. They knew that we were going to be down rushing. We had a total of 25 attempts and 1.6 on average. A little bit of our rushing average went down because Gunner had some losses, the sacks in the back half. Those were the biggest weaknesses. I think the biggest one that I, I think we can take away for the long term is time of possession. We need to learn how to stretch drives out. No, absolutely. I mean, even if you you take out Gunner's negative yardage, you're still looking at 41 yards rushing. Kamani Vidal just couldn't get it going. Uh, they tried BJ a little bit. He wasn't – but, you know, some of that I think you can say, hey, Lafayette came in here and said – we're going to make Troy beat us on Gunnar Watson's arm. Um, teams do that, you know, and we didn't respond. Uh, you know, I, I do feel like at this point, I think this is a real turning point loss. And, uh, you know, if, if old uh, what's-his-name Brown was still in town, he would have, he would have called this a measuring stick game. I think he probably would have broken the measuring stick um, had we played like that for him. You know, I think this. I think a lot of what I saw sitting there in Veterans Memorial Stadium it, were a lot of coaching problems. Um, you know, and I, I know we got basically everybody back from the injury fest um, that happened the week before. Um, you know, obviously we don't have Reggie Todd. Um, we didn't have Luke on the field. That's a guy that we didn't get back. Um, but you still you have a lot of dynamic young receivers. Why was it in the second half when Lafayette was making us throw the ball that you were having Gunnar Watson, uh, who, yes, has been your starter for a big part of this season, but why is he trying to thread the needle in these mesh passes over and over and over again? It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, it didn't react well. It was like the sound of the South. It it didn't make sense for the time of the game that we were in. Um, it was like he was calling plays for, for a game that he was watching on television. And, and so I, I'm just really, I think a lot of this comes back and it's so unfortunate um, where, you know, second half of this episode, we'll start talking about going to the App State game. 
um, that's senior day. You know, there's there's seniors that have been on this team, guys that have been with us for six years because of the weird COVID stuff. Um, and and I hate that this was one of their last experiences um, because this coaching staff and Chip, most of all, simply doesn't know what he's doing um, and, and obviously is, is refusing to make adjustments. I think it's why we're seeing this over and over again, where we have a half that goes well and then a half where we fall apart um, because Chip – Big boys go in the locker room and make adjustments. Uh, that's what your counterparts are doing. That's what we're giving you $800,000 a year to do. Not go in there and have a Canucka dog and say, gee, shucks, you boys are a bunch of special guys, TKGs. Let's get back out there and do the exact same thing. Uh, it, it just doesn't not make a good Canucka dog, though. That's some good stuff. That, <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, the, that's the pride you, okay? of Canucka County. You're bringing it up. Hey, hey, look, look, dudes. <laughs> Dude's got $800,000, okay? He can spend Monday through Friday. He can have all – I'll bring him one. If, if we'll start, you know, winning ball games, I'll bring him a Canucka dog every day, however many he wants. From uh, the stands he and hand him there. one myself. He needs, to, he, needs to, he needs to be in the locker room doing what every other coach in this league and every other league is doing, and that's adjusting. Even if things are going well – Go in and make adjustments so that the other team can't come back out and use all the experience they just had for a half of football, um, you know, to, to start preventing you from doing what you want to do and what has been successful. And, and I just want to continue this. I felt like I have to as far as a weakness. You know, I said something last week. Um, we got a little feedback from it, which we'll talk about in, a, in another segment. Um, and once again, there are mighty Trojans fighting back in the second half against a ranked team. Uh, homecoming, you know, people back on the wall cheering in the midst of a defensive drive. And once again, right on cue, what do I get from the sound of the South? But we want to do the wave. Like, at some point, like, I, I'm starting to think they're under the field direction of Carrot Top, the stand-up comedian, because that's the only thing that will make sense. Um, like, and Mark Walker can say what he wants. Like, I want his blazer. All of his outfits are cool. But he needs to get back to work. Because, like, it's very obvious that he's just letting these dudes uh, and girls do whatever they want. And, and I mean, it's just – it's gotten ridiculous. It would be better for people that are actually there cheering for them to just not come to the game. So, like, Sots folks, hear this. Take it back to your hive where you make your Sots honey – or whatever it is that you do, and, like, get with these young people. Uh, they have one more game in the vet uh, to become a part of the mighty Trojan death machine, which they've always been. I've been very disappointed this season, and I want to definitely see them come back in a big way uh, at the end of the season, definitely, to get some momentum for Sots headed into next year so I don't have to keep saying this on every podcast. Let's take a, a, a pause from that. Let's get uh, the Birdman, who, who has just been maligned and bullied throughout this podcast, <laughs> uh, to, to use those tears that he's obviously crying, to polish off those talons, dig around, and tell us who is this week's best in the nest. Well, Joe, first I want to say best in the nest is brought to you by Koneka Sausage, uh, as Seabest uh, politely and through enthusiastically <laughs> reminded me earlier uh, but <laughs> uh, but this week, man, unofficial sponsors of <laughs> the, Troy Boys. The, yeah. the, the unofficial sponsors of Troy Boys. Uh, uh, this week, you know, I decided to go a little different route 
the best in the nest because, you know, it was just a tough loss this week. And I didn't want to give anybody credit for that absolute monstrosity of the second half that we played. So I decided this week, even though I've been bullied by him a lot tonight, that I would give the best in the nest award to our host. He was there. He was in the stands. And I'm pretty sure he drank somebody else's beers. And I'm pretty sure he wiped his tears on his dad's shirt uh, at the same time. Uh, so I just want to give him the best in the nest because even when we win or lose, always make sure that he is somewhere in Veterans Memorial Stadium, whether it's on the street, outside of Veterans Memorial <laughs> Stadium, or in Veterans Memorial Stadium. Joe basically lives there. Well, I, thank I you. hope <laughs> far too kind. I hope uh, I hope your hope your wife has room on uh, with all your other Troy gear to put this best in the nest trophy somewhere. Well, you have humbled ESPN me. Uh, I'll make sure she does that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I will make sure she moves, throws that game day uh, thing away and, and puts the best in the nest award right up there. I, I appreciate it. You've humbled me boys. Uh, I think we have thoroughly autopsied uh, this dead horse. Um, so it's time to move on next week. As we, as I just said, we have senior day uh, going to say goodbye uh, to some guys like Dylan Bradshaw that have been with this program for a long time, always a, um, a super sad time. Um, and unfortunately we're doing it by, uh, inviting our friends from Boone, North Carolina into the vet, uh, Appalachian state comes in, um, obviously eight and two, uh, had a very, very good year, um, beat coastal before beating coastal was cool. Um, and they bring a couple of different weapons. Uh, so for the know your foes segment, uh, just highlight two of them um, that I think could be particularly problematic for us. One is Nate Noel. Um, Nate Noel is their running back, a small guy, 5'10", 190 pounds, uh, out of Miami, Florida, sophomore. So, unfortunately, we're going to be seeing him for a while uh, unless he gets in the transfer portal. Uh, he has almost 1,000 yards on the season. Um, to have 1,000 yards in Sunbelt play is a big deal. You're, you're entering uh, near the atmospheric level of Megachun there. Um, and he does it um, on an average of 5.7 yards per run. Um, so that's quite a lot. On the other side of the ball, Nick Hampton, uh, talented junior linebacker, 6'3", 225 pounds, uh, gets in the backfield a lot and gets there in a bad mood. Um, he's had 30 solo tackles so far this year. He's had six sacks uh, tied for 42nd um, in the entire NCAA. But but he has really been causing uh, a lot of problems across the Sun Belt. So, um, we have, uh, you know, a, a problem on our hands with these guys coming into town. The guys out in Vegas, um, they've taken a look at this already. App State comes in uh, as 10-point favorites against our Trojans. Uh, if you are interested in ESPN's football power index, which we all know only Seabass uh, is, uh, Troy has about a 20.3% chance of beating the Mountaineers. Um Seabass, go ahead and tell me. Uh, you know we've got a we've got a season behind us now, five and five. Yep. Um, what do you what do you think when you look at this game, Joe? There are a couple things. Um, one, I care about ESPN's football power index because it looks at a lot of different statistics that I like to talk about, and it boils them all down to a number. Now, you and I both know, being Trojans, that it's not always about a number. Okay, like the philosophy at Troy, I know the students by name, not by number. Which is why we know App State Mountaineers is App State Mountaineers, not 97.7% chance of winning this game. But let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you why. Let me tell you why that they, they have these prop the, the, the we have this problem. 20.3% chance to win the game. 
people out in Vegas giving us a 10 point uh, underdog status. Um, you know, that some, some centers are, are spreading that even further. Okay. Uh, I firmly believe that this will probably be a 12 or so point spread by the time we reach Saturday. Um, this will be one of those Sunbelt games where it doesn't spread by one, but it'll go by about two um, points. We'll, we'll, we'll spread a little bit further than that. And here's why. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned Nate Noel, but you didn't mention Nam, uh, Cameron Peebles, who has 128 carries on the season and almost 700 yards. So they have two running backs that are uh, potent for us. Um, and then in the wide receiver core, they have three uh, wide receivers with over 500 yards right now. Um, so uh, they have multiple weapons at their disposal. And when one's not working, we'll just swap and do the next one. Um, so they have they have some weapons at their disposal. Statistically, App State scores more points and holds teams to fewer points than we do. They average 36 points a game while uh, and allow only 22. We average 26 and allow 23. Um, so offensively and defensively on paper, they're a little bit better than we are. As far as offense, they can be explosive. They average 450 total yards a game. It's a little bit more pass heavy, but it's relatively balanced. Um, and it's led by the quarterback, Chase Price. Who's 186 for 289 on the season, and he has 200. I'm sorry, 2,454 total yards for 17 touchdowns and eight interceptions. The eight interceptions part is something that we can take advantage of, though. One or two turnovers can change the game. I mean, we I talked about it in our weaknesses from last week. The three turnovers is what ended the game for us. You know, we were in striking distance. If we didn't have those turnovers, the game would be a lot different. If we keep the game close, those turnovers could mean something. Defensively, uh, we held fewer yards on average than they do. App allows 350 yards on average, but that is including the ULL loss of 455 yards, which is their only conference loss on the season. Um, it was a loss of 41 to 13 back in October, and it is the most yards it's allowed through the air. Okay, so I, I feel like you talked about it earlier, Lala being a, a good measuring stick game. This is a good example. There, you know, their only loss is Lala in conference. So I, I think that that's a, uh, something we can compare to. The game was less uh, about a month ago, but you know I, I feel like on paper they're in a they're in a better place than we are. But there are some opportunities for us to keep it close, and if we can keep it close, force a turnover or two, uh, I'm not going to say we're going to win the game, but there's a chance. You know I, I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and say I'm going to give this game the fins down, but I think we can keep it close if we if we just pay attention to some things and are willing to play all four quarters, not just two. See, Bass, uh, you know, I, my fin is so far drooped over and down on this game that, like, those people that made Blackfish about SeaWorld are about to come, like, free me and drop me into the Gulf. <laughs> um, that's how far my fin is down on this game. I mean, I could walk you, you through. You, yeah, I, I, mean, I could, I could walk you through a, I could walk you through a magical path where, like, and it's sad. It's sad because this. I think this is a game Troy could win. I mean, it would. You would have. But you would have to have somebody wearing a polo over there, uh, wearing the coach's hat, um, that would be willing to manage a game A um, and B. Like, do some. Why are we playing? Like, we're afraid the college football playoff committee is going to drop us a spot. We don't have those kinds of expectations. Like, why, when Gunnar Powell's out there, all right, uh, when, yeah, uh, Gunnar Watson's out there, and you're striving, you're fighting in the second half, he doesn't have it. Why is Taylor Powell not even being brought in? We're told he's healthy. We're told he's fine. 
Uh, obviously, Gunner is your starter. That's great. He's coming off concussion protocol. Yeah, if he's not playing up to standard, why not let Taylor throw? We have nothing to lose here. If and Taylor I was talking to somebody in, else about that earlier. You know, Powell is still sitting there. And I'm not saying that, you know, Gunner's not a bad quarterback. I've said it all season. You know, Gunner is not a bad quarterback. But I think that Powell has something that Gunner doesn't. And I feel like when one's not working, why don't we use the other? It's not a bad thing. When you have two good quality quarterbacks, why not use them? They're both there. Joe, I think I think you're, you said something just a few minutes ago that everybody's thinking, like, why can't we have the best of both of them on the field at the same time? Why can't we have a Gunner Powell out there? Why can't we have a Taylor Watson? You know, like, I mean, that's just me being goofy. If, if, but Chip, it, if Chip Lindsay truly is this powerful offensive mind, like he portrays himself to be, he can figure that out, right? Yeah, it doesn't exactly. take it doesn't take three of us, you know, uh, for lack of better words, idiots, to figure that out. You know, he should he should be the one that makes that executive decision. And you know, maybe there's something there that we don't know about. But if if you keep trying to do the same thing over and over and over again for a half of the game and it's not working, hey, let's try something different. Exactly. No, I, I agree. Like, I mean, I think we've been saying this all season. Like, we feel like Chip is not utilizing all the talent that he has. If Gunnar Watson is a first-half quarterback, that's great. Keep him in the first half. Let's get the lead. And then let somebody, let's put somebody more athletic out there like Taylor Powell and keep hold that lead. I mean, I, and that's just in my opinion. Like, I mean, you can switch it around. You can do all the formulas. You can do whatever you need to do on paper. But there just comes down to a fundamental. When you have two good quarterbacks, when you have three good running backs, like you don't see the same running backs carrying the ball every play. And I know that's a different position. And those guys, they need rest on the field. When you're in the Sun Belt and you have two good quarterbacks and both of them are good in different ways, that's when you need to be able to be strategic and put them in when you think we need to put them in. Like, you got to make those calls. Like, you don't hurt nobody's feelings. Ain't nobody out here but Troy signing his, your paychecks. Chimp Lindsay needs to make those executive decisions like he's supposed to and put the people in that he knows are going to be good people to lead the team and be good playmakers in those moments. Because, like, if you go through and look at all the games that we have lost this year, it's literally been, like, 35 to 21, 35 to 28. Like, we've, like we have been in – grabbing distance of a win or at least maybe a one point loss and not a two score loss or a one score. Like, like we've been in grabbing distance. Like you can look at the scores and you can tell that like we had a handle on that game at one point and we just gave up. And I believe that comes down. And like Seabass said earlier, like you said earlier, Joe, it all comes down to the coaching staff. You said it, Bert. I mean, I mean what, under yeah, go ahead. You, 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 under Chip Lindsay. Uh, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. You go from having a handle on the game to needing to drink a handle to watch the game. That's <laughs> the Chip Lindsay byline. So, so Bert, are you are you joining? Is your is your uh, are your feathers pointed down for this one as well? I mean, that's like I said last week. You know, I was really I'm upset that. My right, don't, don't don't give us the politician's answer. Give us the, no. The, no give, I, give, I, give us the, give <laughs> us the talons up or the talons down. That's what I, I'm I saying. My it. my talons are down for this game because I said the same thing last week. I know we've moved on from last week, but I said last week if we don't handle the stuff that we're supposed to handle in a football game and do it the entire game, we're gonna lose. And Joe Joe told me last week, hey man, have a little bit more faith. And I really I really wanted to be wrong. I wanted to be wrong about that game, and it happened. And if they can't handle what they couldn't handle last week. 
and I feel like this is going to be a fence down, man. About faith, okay. I have I have faith in the Trojans all the time, um, but you know this team's just not getting it done for me right now. But we've we've said it. All the weapons are there. Joe said it beautifully. I think it was last week. You know, there are moments when all phases of the game come together, and it is an impressive team. But they're just not always there at the same time. And I feel like in order for us to be successful long-term, this season to me is is kaput. I have a question for the both of you. Looking at the position that we're in right now, we're 5-5, five 3-3 and five, three and three in conference. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but – you know, App State could lose both games. Coastal could lose another conference game. And we win out. And we still technically could win the East. The The chances of that, I'm going to say, are zero. Okay, it's about zero that all of those stars magically align. But having said that, there is a possibility that we could win the East, even though it is damn near zero, for, for the best way to say that. Um, do we take this week easily so that we can be a hundred percent next week for Georgia state? That's a game that we have a roughly 50, 50 shot at winning right now. Do we do that? Do we rest up a little bit this week? You know, not, not saying we're not going to play, but do we take it a little bit easier to give ourselves a better chance against Georgia state to get that sixth win to be bowl eligible. I'll start with Bird. Bird, what do you think? Well, if we did that, I think it would require a sacrifice to the football gods. And then, I mean, personally, Troy taking it easy and then just getting that sixth win next week against Georgia State, like, it makes sense on paper, but that means everything else would have to play in in their favor as well. And – I think we all know in the Sun Belt, like <laughs> things don't always happen like we think they should or could or would happen. Uh, things are crazy. I mean, Georgia State beat Coastal Carolina last week. That was that blew my mind. Uh, like, you know, that's and Coastal Carolina was a team that we should like we could have beat. So I don't know. It blow your mind if we should have beat them. Like, I, guess. <laughs> I mean, exactly. the, beach, the beach chickens are not that impressive. Let, let's be honest here. That's. Yeah. yeah, well, and and they and Georgia State beat Coastal without Grayson McCall, who yeah. was who has been hurt since the end of our game, um, who they should have not never left never let back out on that field. Come at me, beach hens, if you're mad about it. <laughs> I don't know. Like personally, as as a Troy Trojan fan, I want to see us win the next two games. Uh, but if taking it easy this week means we get a big victory next week and puts us in a spot to go to a bowl game, hey man, I'm. I'm all for that. Uh, but I would like for us to stay over 500 in the season. So whichever way works better, whichever way can get us to a, a good end to the season and to a good a good spot to rebuild for next season. I don't know. At this point, I just want what's, be- want what's best for the fan. <laughs> I think that, um, I mean, if we had another coach, you know, your idea is not, um, is not one without merit. Um, and if we had been in this position, you know, I mean, the and that we'll get to this in, in our last segment, but I, there's such revisionist history right now around Neil Brown just because of what he came after him and what has followed him. Um, but, you know, if his first season had not been such an unadulterated dumpster fire and we had been in a position maybe to get to six wins, I think the fans had enough trust in him 
that if we had done something like that and kind of rested a game like NBA style, I, I think that people would have given him leeway right now. Uh, first of all, Chip's not a good coach. Um, and the one thing I think he is intelligent enough to do is know that he can't be seen as not trying to win every single game. Um, but in terms of strategy, if you told me, you know, hey, we're going to rest B.J. Smith and Kamani and we're going to rest uh, Gunner, um, you know, and we're going to continue resting Luke, um, you know, and we're going to keep those guys back, even though they could play so that when we get to Atlanta, we have those offensive weapons ready to go. Even if you told me we're going to rest Carlton Marshall, too, on defense against App so that he's ready to go. I mean, I think that there's enough talent to still be competitive. Um, and another coach I would trust enough to say, OK, you know, we're going to be we're going to put ourselves at a handicap against App. Um, but we're going to, we're going to, it's going to pay dividends over in Atlanta, um, in their little, uh, you know, carnival, uh, circus of a stadium. I, and um, I, you know, but, I'd be inclined to agree with the both of you. I, I just, I just posed the question because I got asked that question today too. And I, I didn't quite know how to respond at the time. I was like, yeah, it makes sense. But you know, I don't know. And, and I thought about it some more. And I just wanted to know what y'all's thoughts were. And I think the greatest thing that, I can compare it to is if you've ever watched the show Survivor, every time one of the tribes wants to throw a challenge, uh, it never ends well. Um, right. So, and, and I feel like that that's kind of what would happen here is if we threw this challenge, uh, we would end uh, five and seven. Right. Which um, is still, it, which is still definitely a possibility. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, got... I'm not saying it's not a possibility. And statistically, um, that's the way it's going to crumble. Um, if we just look at numbers and let, you know, computers crunch everything for us, that, that that's kind of what would happen as we did in five and seven, um, which would make us 0 for 3 in the Chip Lindsay era in, uh, for, bowl, for, bowl, for bowl games. Um, you know, not because we, you know, played them, it's because we didn't. Uh, you know, uh, no, no bowl games in the Chip Lindsay era up to this point. Uh, and this, this could potentially be another one of those seasons. So uh, having said that, I'm going to also throw at y'all, that Troy and Jacksonville State, I'm sorry I'm saying that their name on our podcast, are mm. currently in overtime um, in men's basketball. Just letting you all know that. We appreciate the update. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, trying to, trying to. You know, CUSA, CUSA uh, Jacksonville State squad. Um, who I, think, I, think, I think they announced this morning um, that Spain Park High School um, and uh, the big high school up there in Huntsville have also joined the conference. Oh, USA. Grissom. Yeah, Grissom. Um, yeah, yeah, I think Grissom and, and Hazel Green, actually, both are going to be in the conference USA. <laughs> That's so, right. Hey, make um, it a so good 11-team conference. Yeah, I appreciate them doing Right. That. We, wish, uh, we wish those boys and the, and the <laughs> folks over at Shelton State in Tuscaloosa, hashtag all the, ed all the education you need under one roof. Um, we wish them the best uh, in Conference USA uh, wow. as they have fun mess messing around in those ruins of a conference. Let's do one last bit of business here tonight, fellas, uh, and then give these people a break uh, before we come back to recap this App State game. Uh, and that means it's time for me to put on a long trench coat uh, and a fireman's hat and crawl in to Troy fans and bring everybody to TroyFans.com. Hot take of the week. Oh, yeah. All right. So so I've actually got two. I got two today. One is directly from uh, inside um, Troy fans. Uh, and then one a little bit outside. I'll explain that one in a minute. Um, 
this one is just something that really bothers me that happens. We, I talked a little bit about it before, kind of the revisionist history. This is right after the game uh, was over. Obviously, uh, there, there's a lot going on. Um, but this, uh, we got we got somebody who posts here. Uh, one more thing: not one player came to thank the band or cheerleaders or students. Lack of class from the leadership or lack thereof of Chip. Now, here's the problem, boys. <laughs> like, I get that. I get that this guy we all hate. Like, we all hate him. But like. This was a whole thing under Neil Brown, too, because that was never the tradition. The tradition was if we win, the players run over to the band who probably just finished chanting, we want to do the wave and have no <laughs> idea that the game is over. Um, and so seeing these large men running at them, they all they can do is play the fight song because they fear <laughs> what's happening. And so... To act like we're all of a sudden the Naval Academy or like Notre Dame, like this is not a thing. If we win the game, the guys run over, we sing the fight song, and they walk and they and they clap hands uh, like from Waterboy with all the fans. Clap if hands, we don't win, they they go through the beautiful double doors back into the locker room. Uh, you know, Chip gets ready to tell the media. Uh, what a special group of guys this is. Hashtag TKGs. <laughs> like, I'm just, at some point, like, we can fire Chip just on facts. We don't have to, like, make this stuff up of things that never happened. So, uh, Mr. Why Didn't Anyone Thank the Band? Hilarious. The cheerleaders, even more hilarious. Or the students, not hilarious. Um, you win this week's TroyFans.com Hot Take of the Week. Oh my However... Gosh. Unfortunately, you have to share it, friend. And I know that that's never popular. Uh, but this week, the Troy Boys, um, somebody actually uh, reached out and touched the Troy Boys. Uh, we, we got, got some someone, fan mail. Well, it's it was something. Um, okay. Somebody reached out, and um, they, uh, you know, they they one of the take one of the takes I had. Um, you know, I'm not going to say how they felt about it, but apparently it was hot enough. Uh, it warmed their soup up. Um, and they sent, a, sent us a whole uh, lengthy thing there, and it ended um, by suggesting that we speak to someone on staff, I'm not going to say who, um, and then said, uh, quote, oh, and if you do, and you mention my name, I'll find you and burn your house down. <laughs> um, bro, that is literally a hot freaking take. Um, and my, yeah, like uh, my homeowner's insurance went up after I got that message. That's right. Um, hey, farmers so have like, seen a thing or two because they know a thing or two or something like yeah. that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need the I don't need the bald psychiatrist from Law and Order being like, angry podcast listener burns down a host's home. We've, we've, we've covered it because we know it. Like, I don't need that. Um but like thanks for listening um you know thanks for getting bummed out about it or liking it um but like don't burn my house down um because that's this is this is we do this for free Kaneka is not actually uh sponsoring us we make we make we lose money doing this so uh please write us uh please do not threaten arson on us uh we didn't put that in the rules we didn't think we needed to uh but love the passion hate the arson hashtag that um <laughs> Boys, I think we've done all we can 
to get folks ready, um, I, I would say we've eased people's minds after the la la loss. I think we've actually probably made things much worse. Um, and I would love to say we've gotten people ready for the App State game, um, but we've gotten them ready uh, in the way that like a scary surgery uh, YouTube video gets you ready to get your appendix out. Um, mm-hmm. so generally I think we have, uh, we're basically, I think as the kids say, we are influencers on fleek, uh, Birdman, <laughs> do you have any final words for the Troy fans who are listening to this in puddles of tears, fears, and confusion? Uh, I will say that, I mean, sometimes <laughs> we probably sound like we absolutely hate Troy, but everything that we say comes with the most fiery passion filled love for that school and for that football team and go Trojans. I'm hoping that we get a big win this week and I'm hoping we can just finish the season strong and hopefully somebody will do something about that potato chip that has been under the couch for way too long. So, Oh, for sure. Uh, Bass, thanks so much again uh, for swimming up and joining us. Any final words for the Troy faithful? Uh, yeah, as, as always go Trojans and to echo, um, you know, what, uh, what the bird man just said, yeah, it, it's it. We're not we're not being negative, Nancys. We're we're trying to spill the facts out the best way possible to help other Troy fans understand what's going on out there. You know, and, and at the end of the day, it's just our three opinions. And uh, you know, if you don't like our opinions, great. If you like our opinions, great. Um, we love receiving you know uh, messages from people. We we love uh, th- this kind of banter, and that's what this is all about. But at the you know at the end of the day, we're Trojans, one and all, whether you like it or not. And uh, I'm hoping to see as many people in the Veterans Memorial Stadium. I will not call it the vet because I'm not 12. Um, Veterans Memorial Stadium. Vivid Seats has tickets as low as $3 right now, by the way. So if you're interested, uh, before fees and taxes, you can get a ticket for 3 bucks right now online. So uh, go Trojans. Thank you, Seabass. On behalf of both these guys, uh, it is my pleasure to sign off as a Best in the Nest Award winner, uh, Go Trojans, and as always, God bless you, Blaze Brown.